welcome to another episode of Dr. Jill Live. Today, I have a friend and special guest in my own hometown, Magdalena. I'm going to tell you all about her today, and we're going to dive into fibrocystic breast and breast pain and any issues you might have with, as we talked beforehand, your boobies <laughs> for women and for men who love the women in their lives. You may also want to be listening just because this is a very, very common problem as um, we have more estrogen dominance, chemicals in our environment. And we'll dive into all of that today, so stay tuned. You're going to learn a lot. Um, just a quick reminder, if you uh, want to find other episodes, you can find them on the YouTube channel. Um, you can find all blogs and information at jillcarnahan.com. And today, let me start by introducing my guest. Magdalene is a founder of the popular Hormones Balance Community and the new Walina line of all natural supplements and skincare products. I got some cool stuff from you recently that I'm super excited to try and we'll talk about today, Magdalena. Um, she knows firsthand what it means to overcome estrogen dominance. In addition to being a celebrated author, Magdalena is an entrepreneur, holistic nutrition coach, chef, certified herbalist, and speaker serving tens of thousands of women who struggle with issues related to hormone balance. Developing hyperthyroid and Hashimoto's adrenal fatigue and estrogen dominance propelled her to leave her high pressure advertising career and develop a new way of eating and living that would repair and keep her hormones working properly. Now symptom-free, she can share her practical proven knowledge so that other women may benefit from it. And in her book, Overcoming Estrogen Dominance, she offers hope and more than 50 delicious recipes and hormone balancing protocols. I am so excited to have you here, Magdalena. Um, so welcome, welcome, first of all. And this is so common in women. Before we dive into what women can do who are listening and maybe those who, if you want to chat in the chat box, tell us your issues. Um, but let's start with your story. I always love to see what drives you and you clearly have been through a lot. Tell us a little bit about your journey of how you got here. Yeah, so estrogen dominance is something that definitely has been plaguing me, uh, as far as I remember, from terrible periods of being you know, 14, 15 years old. Um, and then re realizing later that it's actually a family uh, trait and we have women on both sides of my family passing away from estrogenic cancers. So estrogen dominance and clearing, being able to clear estrogen from our bodies is definitely a family challenge. You know, I remember when I was in my, somehow in my late 20s, things were like going really well in my life. I got a promotion and then they told me that I'm gonna, I was going to be moving into a corporate office in a, a regional office. So I used to live in Malaysia, which is like this Asian country. And then they moved me to Hong Kong. So I got this huge promotion and expatriate package. And yeah, I was like 27 years old, super excited about it and felt very validated. And I still remember driving with my boyfriend and, and suddenly, you know, I was, I was just, I had my hand on my boob and I, and I suddenly felt this lump, right? Yeah. And, and then there is, you know, I think a lot of women with, we experience, I certainly experience a lot of imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, of course it had to happen. Like I don't deserve it. There's just so many amazing things that have been happening, right. For me, career wise, monetary wise, I've got this supportive boyfriend that I'm in love with. And of course something had to not work. And so, you know, I never remember, I never forget that moment of just the terror of finding that lump and and then the, the, and the, the, the aftermath of that, of is it cancer? Is it, you know, is it, how do I get it properly diagnosed? And then I contact my doctor and they are pushing me towards the mammogram. And I'm like, do I do a mammogram? Are there any other options? And, and then the fear that you go through, right? And so I remember, you know, just the emotional baggage um, that whatever diagnostic tool, um, I didn't choose a mammogram at that point. I, I chose, I think it was a sonogram that I got done. And, you know, and, and then there's the wait time and, 
you know, for the appointment and all of that. And, and the strength of that, I, I thought to myself, you know, if I can do something to never experience that again, how wonderful would that be? Um, and as I progressed in my career and, you know, left advertising um, over a decade ago and started doing what I'm doing now, um, I really dedicated my, my calling to redirected my entire calling towards estrogen dominance. And one of the one of the many symptoms of estrogen dominance in women, and as you said, is so common, is issues with breasts. You know, we've we've I realized that my my issue has always been a few times after that in my life, I found a few other lumps after that. And mm-hmm. and every time it was the same set of emotions. And I thought, you know, since I do this as a career now as my calling. I want to develop a product that will never have a woman worry about a breast lump again. And so that was, that was the big, big thing, but you know, fibrocystic breast or breast issues is not just about finding a lump, right. It's also, or cyst, but it's also about, you know, there are women um, since then I've discovered, started talking to women and it's, it's become so common that we don't even talk about it because we assume that it's normal that for two weeks out of a month, the breasts are so sensitive that, we don't do sports. We go, don't go for a run. We don't play tennis or whatever it might be because it's so painful. I've had girlfriends, um, including our formulator actually of the cream, you know, has, has such terrible breast pain. She can't even put on a bra. Women don't want to be intimate during this time. Right. And so, you know, and so there is this, is it's, it's uncomfortable, but it's also, I think it's so debilitating, uh, for women in, in many ways. So that's, you know, that was the original, uh, thinking. Um, the, the last thing I'll mention, you know, I just want to do a shout out to a woman in North Carolina. I met her online through our community. Somebody said, you know, I had a breast massage done and it was life-changing. And so I've learned from her. Her name is Gay Walden. Um, she lives in North Carolina, Charlotte, and she taught me how to do a lymphatic massage on the breast, which I'll be very happy to show you later today on how to do a massage on yourself. And that was life-changing because whenever I have pain in my breasts, like before my period, they are very, very little these days. Um, you know, and I started using that with a lot of my colleagues and friends and our community, um, learning how to massage your breasts. And that was a life-changer too. So it was just like that fascination with like, oh, you know, I thought I can just do a rebounding and that's going to mm-hmm. activate my lymphatic system. But it turns out you can actually massage your breast, and it's a lot more targeted yeah. way of, of reducing the pain. Oh, Magdalena, I love your story. And I love most of all how you've taken that and really made it a life calling and a career that's much more than just like random products that don't mean anything like this really matters. And what I also love is, like you said, I every day talk to patients who have breast pain, fibrocystic breasts, you know, cyst in the breast or thyroidinomas, which are all similarly related to too much estrogen or this dominance. And, you know, a little bit about my own personal story. I don't always talk about it, but today it's relevant because at 25, I found a lump in my breast and I'd had fibrocystic breast before 25 and I had breast cancer. And so same thing as you, I'm very passionate about this topic. And it's interesting because I know now in hindsight, the lymphatics were such a huge part of developing that cancer because I grew up on a farm with chemicals that were endocrine disruptors, which just means they act like hormones on our body, even though they're chemicals and they're not hormonal. And right now, you know, as well as I do, we're swimming in toxic soup as women. And so part of the problem is our environmental toxic load is so high. And so many of those chemicals mimic estrogen in our body that not only are we sometimes producing too much, we're externally getting that. So just thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for your passion. Um, it means a lot to me as a, now I'm a 21 year survivor of breast cancer. So it's pretty exciting because yeah, I've been through it. And just like you, I said, why did this happen? How can I prevent this? And now 20 years later, I'm not worried about getting cancer again, because I've done all the things I need to do in order to protect. And it's related 
probably number one thing is related to estrogens. So let's go real basic first, then we'll get deeper for those who want more details. What is estrogen progesterone? How do they work in the cycle? And why would someone have estrogen dominance or how might it look? Yeah. So if you think about estrogen progesterone, um, you know, it's, it's like two dancing partners, right? You know, if you, if you watch a dance competition, mm -hmm. if the guy is overly dressed up and too cocky and the woman is too timid, right? It looks very unbalanced, right? Mm -hmm. Or vice versa. And so estrogen progesterone do this beautiful dance as well. You know, like for example, estrogen is the one that thickens the, the uterus and progesterone comes in like a mower, right? That just cuts the grass down, right? And, and sheds it. And that's why we get our periods. And so they, they have this, this balancing role with each other. That's one, that's one way we can get estrogen dominance where the estrogen progesterone ratio is up. The, and that, that, you know, that is something that, um, let's come back to this in just a second, because a lot of women after 45, their estrogen progesterone starts dropping and they go, oh, I can't be estrogen dominant. I, my estrogen is so low. I have no estrogen, right? And that is a big misconception. So let's come back to this in a second. Um, the second way you can get estrogen dominance is like how you metabolize estrogens is really important. And so when I say metabolize, it's like, think of a river that's just like flowing river and it's a bank in the middle and this river is going through the bank and the bank separates it to a clean stream and a dirty stream. That bank is your liver, right? And that's where um, you may also put it, the gut in there too, um, mm -hmm. arguably, right? But the, the point is that there is something that metabolite helps us to really differentiate those clean and dirty estrogens. So first of all, let's not demonize estrogen because the name estrogen dominance in some ways, it's a, it's a gift and a curse yeah. uh, because it's put the condition on the map. But on the other hand, it's also create a lot of fear right out around estrogen. If, if you did not have sufficient estrogen, our ladies here would not be sitting us, listening to us today and being cohesive and have strong, healthy bones and, you know, somewhat of a healthy skin and brain and all that good stuff. So it's, so it's the combination of um, how we break it down and the balance of estrogen progesterone that's really important. Can you have estrogen dominance, even though you're going through perimenopause and menopause? Absolutely. And that's the reason why most women who develop breast cancers, for example, are women who are in their after 45 and above. That's the highest demographic, right? Is our estrogen on the lower side by then? Yes, it is. But it's just how we break it down. However little it is, how we break it down is important. And it can also be low, but guess what? Your proportion of estrogen to progesterone is off. So um, that's one of the, one of the symptoms that we will manifest is going to be through your breast for sure. Yeah. It does the number, probably the number one, right? I mean, other things that can be related, I know like endometriosis, uterine fibroids, um, any other thoughts on just like, if someone's like, do I have this or not? What would their symptoms look like with estrogen? Yeah. I mean, very difficult periods. So PMSs, PMDD, um, women who have super heavy periods, per women who don't have their periods can be due to that too. Um, you know, the, the, where we store fat can be due to hormones, right? So women who have a lot of cellulite and fat around their thighs and butts, the typical pear shape. Uh, where do I put on weight when I get when I put on weight? It all goes down down there, right? Yeah. Um, I don't have it on my belly. It's it's all it's all you know in the pear, um, and um, you know varicose veins, an interesting one. Having issues with uh, gallbladder. Interestingly, yeah. estrogen dominance can be contributing towards the growth of gallstones. Um, and, uh, and also losing your gallbladder can also contribute towards estrogen. That's another mechanism going on there. Um, you know, infertility, it's a one-on-one, um, of, of, um, estrogen dominance. Um, 
mood swings, that's a, that's a huge one. Women having struggling with that. If the estrogen dominance is due to low progesterone, things like settling anxiety, women who have always felt confident and calm suddenly feel like they are all jittery and just unsure of themselves and, and very uh, anxious, mm -hmm. but also sleeping problems. I mean, it's like who here has hit 45 and you're just not sleeping the way you used to before. So you know, I mean, those are all symptoms of estrogen dominance. You tell me, who do you know? Yes, yes <laughs> it's so common. And again, it's not only because we're producing more, our livers are overloaded, then we have these external forces. Let's just real quickly, before we go into the specifics on the breast and all the stuff you have to share, talk about um, chemicals in our environment. There's so many things that mimic estrogen. Do you recommend any sort of a detox or looking at bath and body products or looking at cleaning products or looking at organic foods? What are a few key tips that you recommend? Because there is a lot of external experience exposure from these yeah. phthalates and parabens and things. Yeah. So let's just, you know, I mean, we can do a whole podcast just on the, you know, 20 worst offenders. Right. But yeah. I think let's just keep it super simple and sure. practical. Sure. Just eat organic. You yeah. know, it's really as simple as that as much as you can on a budget. Uh, if you're on a budget, then look at the, um, the clean, you know, the clean and the dirty uh, yeah. dozens right on, on the EWG website and, and see which are the worst offenders. And then when it comes to, you know, cleaning products, I, I mean, I think the easiest thing to do is just go to a food co-op or to a health food store and the buyers there do a lot of the filtering and the work already for you, where you then you don't have to crack your head on what is this ingredient? What does exactly. it mean? Blah, 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 right? Um, so that's, you know, that's, I think one of the, plus another thing is there's a lot of online brands these days. Uh, unfortunately, many of them do a lot of greenwashing. But follow someone like yourself, right? Or join a community that you trust the practitioner and the recommendations of products they put forward, whether it's your deodorant, which is such a big part of like yes. what gets in here. You guys, this is like your lymphatic system. We're going to talk about this today, but your lymphatic system is so rich here, right? Mm -hmm. And this is like such a great absorption area. Yes. You're putting, you know, you're putting chemicals in it. What about perfumes? Like where do yes. we as women are told to spray perfumes? Right here, which is your thyroid, right? Very thin skin. That's yes. where it's always... You, you can you put your progesterone there for quickest absorption too. Where else? Right in here. Again, quickest absorption point, right? Um, you know, find brands of perfumes that are that are based on essential oils and such. So mm -hmm. I think it, it can be it can be pretty straightforward if you just know um, the source and you trust that source. I love that you made it so simple and started with, and I would say clean air, clean water, clean food, which is what you're saying with cleaner, eat organic. And I love the simplicity because it does. I remember after the breast cancer, when I was like, why did this happen at 25? And I started to dive into it. And the first thing I did was start to clean up my bath and body, my makeup, my stuff. And it was overwhelming at first because yeah. um, I did go dive into the chemicals and stuff, but you don't have to do that. Like you said, you kept it really simple. And I love that. And literally vinegar and water can do a lot. <laughs> and that's one of the safest yeah. ways to start to clean lemon, vinegar, water. Those three ingredients can probably clean your whole house in general. So, okay. So let's dive into the breast. Obviously the breasts are an organ that produces a lot of estrogen. They're very estrogen sensitive because there's a lot of cells, but why are the breasts so affected in women? And uh, again, what would symptoms, we can say fibrocystic breast, but what does that actually mean to someone who maybe isn't sure if they have it or not? Yeah. So if you, if you look at charts of breasts, there are so many lymphatic nodes in mm -hmm. the breast itself. It's so highly lymphocytes. It's, it would, we have so much of blood flow, so much of nerves and now that's why breasts are so sensitive, right? Um, you know, I believe that breast health is the estrogen element is huge in that, but it's also, we also have a lymphatic stagnation that's happening. When think of the lymph nodes that are in the breast all around here is also in your legs, right? Is your highway for yeah. the trash trucks 
to carry crap out of your body, right? And so anyone who's got stagnation and you start having, like, for example, women who start having, you know, your fingers start swelling up, right? You can't take your rings off. Mm -hmm. That's lymphatic, could be lymphatic stagnation. Um, women's legs start getting swollen up, right? Yes. But you can also start swelling up here too is the same mm -hmm. thing. So estrogen dominance, I believe that is a lymphatic, a lymphatic system, stagnation, lymphatic stagnation. And it's just the systemic inflammation in the body, right? Yeah. Whether it's because of stress, it's because of poor diet, right? Uh, very poor sleep um, can be a huge contributor towards that. So, you know, this is when the lymphatic system and the lymph nodes really respond in the breast in such a huge way. One of the ways that they become um, so swollen is because there is just a lot of liquid that gets, gets stuck in those and you're just not getting that movement. Um, we can release all of that by using, you know, I, I believe that using topical can really be helpful in moving, getting things moving in the breast, but it's also, um, I also like to address the underlying cause of it, which is support the liver to address estrogen dominance, right. And move the lymphatic system by using specific herbs as, as well as lower the inflammation in the body through both topical as well as internal. So I love that you're focusing on lymphatic and next we're going to actually talk about the breast exam, but I want to just emphasize for those, you know, thinking medically, like what is this happening? So any chemical, any exposure, including our own hormones need to be detoxified by our liver. Like you said earlier, and we have this phase one where the first product goes in and gets metabolized to this intermediate. And then phase two takes it into a water soluble molecule and eliminates it into the um, gallbladder with the bile, and then that can be excreted in the gut. Now we can also excrete um, products in the urine. Sometimes we the breathe, the sweat, so there's other ways. But the lymphatics and liver are so closely connected because the liver is your like your um, car filter, the filter of your blood, um, and the lymphatics are like you said, those uh, streams are those routes. And again, looking back at my own history, 25 breast cancer, very aggressive. Um, my lymphatics basically weren't working at all. So I, if I had I known that 20 years ago, it it could have made a really big difference. So I really love because in, especially for me, conventional medicine, we don't talk a lot about lymphs, lymphatics, unless it's like lymph node cancer, there's not a lot of emphasis and it's so critical. And what I've seen in Lyme and mold and all the complex chronic illnesses that I treat when they do pour on their detox protocols, it's almost always lymphatics that are impaired. And so I have to really think like my naturopathic friends who use um, drainage remedies, like homeopathic drainage remedies, some of the massage, some of the rebounding. Why don't you talk a little bit about, I, I know you've gone into this, what are some areas or what are some things we can do to help lymphatics? And then let's go specifically to the breast. Yeah. So, you know, um, so my father right now is going through um, final stages of his life. And so his lymphatics aren't working. Yes. One of the things that we have learned from um, the help that he's getting is how to do a lymphatic massage. Like if you don't have the re a rebounder, you don't have a space for it, you don't have the funds for it, whatever, right? Let me show you like one of the easiest ways of doing that. Perfect. And that is you literally, you, you will see what I'm doing. I'm just standing up on my, on my feet and just going, dropping like this. And then uh -huh. just doing that, you know, and, and let me tell you, like, just by doing this, like, I feel so energized. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take much. You're standing in the line before you, you know, pay your organic groceries, right? Yeah. You yeah. just do that. That's, that's really, that's like, that's a huge one. Another one um, a lot of people might have heard about is, um, you know, doing your dry brushing. Right? I am a huge fan of that. You are? Yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my water heater is one side of the house and my bathroom is on the other side of the house. So by the time the water gets in there, it's like a good five minutes of, of, uh, of wait time. 
So I use this time to like do dry brushing as well. I, I have the brush right next to yeah. my bathroom, yeah. right? And you do that towards your heart uh, before you take a shower. It's so reju re rejuvenating, you know, it's so reviving, right? You feel so energized by that. It's pretty incredible. I could not agree more. I just want to say for people watching, you've never dry brushed. All you need is a natural bristle, bristle bath brush. Does not have to be anything fancy. It yeah. can be $3 and really simple. And like you, I love to make things easy so that they're not hard. They're, you know, easy to do. I set it right by my shower, same exact thing. So, yeah. so you almost can't not do it while you run into it. And as you mentioned, you're brushing towards your heart and limbs, yeah. so everything goes up towards your heart and you can actually do your upper chest here. Any tips on the actual chest area, just like downward motion towards the heart? Uh, you mean here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I just do it gently with a brush, yeah. um, but I would love to show you how to, um, and I also wanna say that when ever since we got our community to do dry, brush, dry brushing, yeah. women have been reporting that their cellulite, they would just would not go away in spite of exercise and dieting. Yes has actually improved a lot. So it's it's that lymphatic stagnation is quite amazing. It's not just the swelling, it's that, you know, is, is the connection to cancer, like what you alluded I to. I love that you're saying that because you go on yeah. any social media and you see all of these gimmicks and things that are like, oh, yeah. this, like this and that. And it, it kind of frustrates me because I'm like, no, it's just lymphatics, you know? So um, yeah. I love you saying I that. I mean, rolling, you know, those are the rolling techniques and stuff. The massage, I, I think that works too. I've had a number of people tell me that that works too. Um, there's blocking te techniques and all that. But anyway, just doing yeah. the brushing while you're doing everything else, it totally works. Uh, should we do the breast massage yeah. thing? Let's do okay. it. Um, so let me, and, and by the way, um, it's in, it's on our website and okay. is also like comes in a little brochure. Um, your website and we'll be sure and link it, but we'll say this a couple of times. Is it, what's your website? Right. Um, it's on wellena.com. So it's W E L L E N A. Okay. And, um, and we have, and look for a product called happy sisters. So this is what we're going to be showing. You can use, um, you can use a cream. You can, so what I'm going to show you, you can do this in the shower. Mm -hmm. When you all leathered up with nice soap, yeah. uh, non-toxic soap, right? Something like Castile soap and, um, and, or you can do that with a cream afterwards. So it's really up to, you can do it first thing in the morning. You can do it uh, at night, just before going to bed. There is no hard and fast rule in that. So this is, here's the, um, you know, here's the, um, the way to do lymphatic massage. It's really, the first thing you want to do is lift up your arm and think of it like, this is your exit point, right? This is your exit sign. You want, you want the junk to come out of this. You start off with your, this is your nipple, right? So you start off with a nipple and then you go down and then, and then up. You don't have to do, and so we, we start off with one point or another, just systematically or systemically, um, or systematically rather go, you know, so as you can see here, I started from this point, yeah. I went to this point and now I'm up on this point here. You wanna, you don't wanna be pushing it down or sideways. You wanna be pushing it out so that it exits this way. And I'm using the same the same way here. Now, in terms of the pressure, you don't have to put a lot of pressure on it, like to a point. So think of it this way: it's like you have these pipes here, where the it's like as if you had honey flowing through it. Mm -hmm. If you press too hard on it, it's not gonna it's not gonna flow. Yeah. So it's it's just hard enough to get things going, but it doesn't have to be extremely hard. Plus, you don't want to you want to hurt yourself, right? It's supposed to be pleasurable and and serve nourishing in that way. That's really all you have to do. Just do one round. You can, and then you do another round on the other side. Um, you know, and so using anything that is oily, that is slippery, yeah. is going to be just a fantastic way of moving the lymphatic system um, in your breasts. Really, that simple. That's that's so simple and so easy. And I'm glad you actually demonstrated because people were like, oh, I don't know what to do. Even breast self exams, right? 
that's so common for women to be like, oh, I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. And it's really not that difficult. I also love it's so relevant to breast cancer because like in my case, what they do is they, they take out the tumor and then they actually put dye and uh, radioactive material in the tumor site and they check and see where does that flow to. And guess what? It flows to lymph nodes. So like in my case, they took samples of the lymph nodes that lit up from the radioactive dye and material so they could see exactly where the flow of that cancer might've been. And it was literally in my um, armpit. I have a scar right across my armpit here where they took out four lymph nodes. And of course, thank goodness they were negative, but um, this is very relevant to cancer as well, uh, because this lymphatic system, had it been working, I might not have had cancer at 25 because it would have drained the cells and that debris. And often that debris hanging around can cause damage over time as well. So this and is not- know, I, I will. I will also say, I mean, this is this is the month of October we're doing this, right? It's the yes. month of the so-called breast cancer awareness. Yes. Um, I don't know how you feel about this, but it drives me crazy. And I really have a challenge with the naming of the convention of this because we are well aware that breast cancer is an issue, right? right. Amongst right. women. Right. Um, if you look at the traditional ways of looking at that, there's, we go, they go, breast cancer reasons are unknown. Mm -hmm. um, well, it is. It's actually very well known for yes. a lot of different types of cancer, especially the estrogen receptor positive, which is the most common one, right? And and there's a body of research that shows otherwise. And so, you know, we kind of at Wellena, we decided to call this month really uh, the Breast Health Month yeah. to to start paying attention that not only in the month of October, but you know beyond that as well. That if you take care of your breast now. Yeah. There is, you know, cancer doesn't just develop right. just like that, right? It's like same as in your case. It was probably a progression of yes. 10, 15 years when it happened. Yes. Um, and you know, and, and given my family history too, where we have a joke in my family that no woman has a uterus after 50 because everybody had uterus, uh, uterus is either in endometrial cancer or uterine cancer, ovarian cancer that was just runs across mm -hmm. my family, both sides of my parents, you know, um, I'm turning 50 on January 5th next year. Wow. So it's just a couple of months away from now. And I'm very determined to hold on to my uterus, but, but you know, above that age, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much set on that. So do your work now, do as a preventative measure, start massaging your breasts. Your, we call it your sisters, you know, be good to your sisters. And you're going to be just having really such so much more confidence and calmness around your breast health. I love this. And I love empowering women because that's the truth. We don't have to fear, um, uh, you know, that all that kind of stuff that could happen because we do have a lot of control. Let's talk before we talk about, I want to talk about the cream that you developed and what people can do with that. But real quickly, what about foods or herbs? Is there any specifics you want to share with the kinds of things women could incorporate into their diets? Cause you have a whole cookbook on this, um, yeah. foods and then any herbs that are really particularly yeah. good. I do actually, I, I use it to lift up my computer. Um, <laughs> Overcoming Estrogen Dominance is the book um, awesome. that's specifically, and there's a whole breast health chapter on that and some really nice, simple recipes. And I really mean simple, like they are not recipes that are gonna win me, you know, Burt's Award by any means. Um, and that's okay because yeah. we made it for women who are busy and have no time to fight around in kitchen for too long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, we released this kit. Um, so, so food, so predominantly, let me just put it this way. A lot of the stuff in the recipes is to support liver mm -hmm. is to help to detoxify us from estrogen. So a lot of the Braxica family, so yeah. the cabbage family. So you will see a lot of in the recipes, a lot of cabbages, broccoli sprouts are amazing, uh, with the content of sulforaphane. We have, um, you know, anything to do with, um, lemon rind, um, we're using a lot of radishes, a lot of, um, for a lot of bitter qualities yeah. to them. So like parsley, cilantro, 
you know, and, um, and it's also an anti-inflammatory diet, which basically means that we are avoiding all the foods such as dairy, um, soy, gluten, eggs temporarily, and uh, yeah. which are known to be highly inflammatory just to lower the inflammation of the body for your body just to have a bit of a break and recover from the constant fire that we, you yeah. know, that we, we are experiencing. So, yeah, so that's, you know, I, I think diet, thank you for mentioning that. I mean, I feel like diet is elemental. Yeah. Um, it's, it's non-negotiable, if you will. The truth of the matter is that, you know, we decided to put the product out too in conjunctions because sometimes women just need to see some results before they are willing to change the diet. I find like changing a diet is one of the hardest things, yes. um, whether it's because we have some kind of a addiction to food or whether, um, or whether it's because we don't have a supporting partner or family be like, oh yeah, but I want my mac and cheese, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. there's, it's a non-negotiable. So, so sometimes I think it's better to make some change rather than no change at all. Um, and this is why I think products sometimes can really help before we dive into the, the d- deep end, um, yeah. you know, and changing the diet. So can I show you the cream? Yes, let's go with the cream. So this is the kit, right? And we wanted to treat the breast. Uh, we call it Happy Sisters. And it contains a supplement that has got a lot of different herbs that are very, have very high efficacy for applying for liver support to specifically work on estrogen detoxification, yeah. skewing the detoxification mechanism towards the two hydroxyestrone, so the protective um, estrogen and away from the four and the 16. Um, that includes things like yerba, yerba santa, we're using endographis. And a lot of people know endographis as being like the, you know, the COVID herb. <laughs> um, but actually there is there is a, a lot more to like with every herb, there's a lot more uh, complexity yeah, yeah. To, or, that they can offer. Um, we have magnesium in that, we have dim in that, we have calcium deglucrate, all of those uh, um, are- That's designed- what I was gonna mention, my favorite dim, calcium deglucrate, sulforaphanes from broccoli. So I bet you yes. have all that covered, good. So that is, that is what helps to metabolize estrogens, right? Um, we also using GLA in here, which a Love. lot of people know evening primrose oil. Uh, we are sourcing ours from borage oil because borage seed, because yes. it's got actually higher GLA content. Um, anyone who's had breast issues before a terrible PMS, you know, that evening primrose oil can help. Um, the cream on the other hand is, you know, and just show you the, it's kind of like, um, I love the color of the cream. It's kind oh, of nice and pink. It's nice, isn't it? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a very, a very gentle smell um, of rose geranium. And, um, and we're using, I think, uh, a bit of orange peel in that. And, and again, it's, you know, we're using a lot of oils that mm-hmm. St. John's Ward, we're using poke root yeah. oil, which if you look at research, there's very little research behind it. But if you look at traditional medicinal uses amongst wise women in uh, North America, poke root has been used medicinally for nostalgia, so women's pain yeah. in the breast and PMS for centuries. Mm-hmm. And it is so highly efficacious that I have so much love and respect for poke root. I saw a lot of poke root, poke weed, um, you know, this summer, and I just like have this so much love and appreciation for that herb. When we tested it on um, some of our uh, clients and and uh, team members, just poke root infusion yeah. itself, just the amount of relief they got from from that, not even talking about any other uh, ingredients in there, was just so uh, wow. was so was so amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, so there is, you know, there is, uh, there's Nigella sativa in here. So there's black cumin oil in here. Oh, there's love. also GLA. Yeah. So we're using GLA, so gamma linoleic acid uh, in both the creams because we also found that it's so anti-inflammatory and helps with uh, prostaglandins, yes. suppressing the, you know, the pain and enhancing um, the 
the protective prostaglandins um, topically, so it's not just internally. And one other herb that, you know, you might appreciate that one is St. John's wort. Oh, yes. So St. John's wort, taking internally, is very controversial, mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of people know that it's like, that's a happy herb, yeah. uh, that's a sunshine herb. It does interact with SSRIs, so you don't do that when, you, when you're taking SSRIs, but topically, it will not interfere with anything. It is so amazingly anti-inflammatory. Oh. Um, you know, I actually discovered it by completely by accident. I was at this really small town and somewhere in the middle of Colorado mm -hmm. and Carbondale, you might know yeah. that place. Yeah. And they had this like this incredible massage place and a store. And they had this local herbalist who was making a PMS cream. I had a pretty bad PMS that day. And I mm -hmm. thought, why don't I try this cream? Right. I put it on and it was like within 20 minutes, like 70% wow. of my pain was gone. And wow. I looked at the ingredients and had like the regular clear sage and lavender, which, you know, I've used in the past and it doesn't really move the needle for me that much. Yeah. But the one ingredient it had was St. John's Ford. And I'm like, oh my God, that is the secret ingredient in there. Oh. So we infused our oils this summer with St. John's Ward. Um, It's just such a beautiful, uh, you know, it makes it like a rich red yes. color oil. And um and and that's what we're using in the topical as well. So you can use you can use this cream to do the lymphatic massage that I showed just now. But you don't have to use our cream. You can just use anything that is oily. Or you can use them. You can do the massage while you're taking a shower and you're all nicely leather wrapped with some uh, nice organic soap. Oh, this is tremendous. I love and I love your herbalist knowledge that you bring to this. And even like sometimes the serendipity, like your Carbondale experience. And then, you know, that's just how the universe works. I think I've had that yeah. too. Like, I don't know how this all happened, but it's perfect as, as far as how you got the knowledge and all that. I love that. It makes so much sense and all the great ingredients to help detoxification in your supplement. I'm super excited to share this with my patients and then our listeners, where can people find you and find more information about not only you, but the product? <laughs> yeah. So on willena.com, okay. um, just look for happy sisters. The product is right there. Um, and you know, social media, it's, uh, hormones, but then as hormones balance on Facebook and hormone balance on Instagram. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> um, yeah, so that's, uh, awesome. those, those are the two places. Very cool. And we talked about, stay tuned at my Instagram. You all know probably Jill Carnahan, MD, or um, actually Dr. Jill Carnahan. Um, but, uh, what I was gonna say is we're going to do a giveaway, I think of at least maybe yes. one. So we will, so stay tuned if you're listening and you follow us and maybe we can connect, maybe we can even do a little bit of a Instagram live and then, um, do, do the giveaway that way. So you, people can hear you as well and connect to you. Um, I love this information, so relevant, and especially personally, I'm so passionate because of my history. And if I could help one woman prevent cystic breast or get rid of the pain or prevent cancer, I am all in. I was so glad to talk to you today. Um, what's any last parting words of wisdom? Someone who's suffering from fibrocystic breast or pain or any just, and it could be any realm. It doesn't have to be just breast and hormone related, but parting yeah. words, what would you say? You know, I think that um, um, I would just say, listen to your sisters. You know, breast, as I say, I refer to our breasts as sisters, you know, they're your best friends. And just by showing you their pain or cysts or lumps, you know, it's their way of saying, I really need your help to figure things out. Just can help me out here. And there's so many things we can do early in the game uh, without being fearful or, you know, or confused about the whole situation. 
I love that. And, and I'll just say the last parting words here is that's so relevant to my life because my calling started with breast cancer. It was literally like the, the calling for my sisters that said, Jill, you have, I mean, I was going into medicine, but it took me a whole different route and a whole different passion. And especially with environmental toxic load and detox and hormones, like you're talking about. So I have a lot to thank for my breast as well, because that really started my journey and the passion that I have. And it sounds like you too. So we both have a common story there. Magdalena, thank you for your wealth of knowledge. Thank you for being a brilliant entrepreneur to create solutions for women. I will be sure and link, if you heard about this anywhere you're listening, you can find links to the products and the information from her. And thank you again for sharing that with us today. Thank you so much for having me.